Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast with your hosts Meredith Bond and Prue Warren, where they discuss every aspect of a writer's life, from the craft of writing and editing, through publishing and marketing, and finally into building a global publishing empire. Here is Mary and Prue. Welcome, listener. I'm Prue Warren, and, and I am with my excellent co-host, Meredith Bond. <laughs> and we are as smooth as could be at doing a podcast, as you can tell. Experience, sleek. I should know. Um, Meredith, this week, I was hoping we could discuss something that has me a little confused, and that is the different kinds of editing that I am supposed to have done to my novels. There are developmental edits and copy edits and line edits and proofreading and um, my head's kind of spinning. I need to know more about those things and does one person do it and how do I find one or more people and how much should I expect to pay and anything else you could think of. Help me now. Okay. <laughs> no problem. That's easy. That's easy. You want the world. I shall give it to you. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned the different types of editing. So, developmental editing, which is can also be called substantive editing, which is the most in-depth sort of editing there is. That's, that's what a book coach does, right? Um, they look at the big picture and they look at the character arcs and they look at the story structure and to make sure that everything hangs together right and there are no plot holes and everything just works okay so and they look at the character development and the use of setting and so many things so you do that one first that is what you do yes um even as soon as you're done writing or even possibly while you're writing, if you are, if you get stuck, you want to find a developmental editor or a book coach to look at the big picture that's going on in your book and help you put, make sure that everything works all together. Uh, okay. All right. And because it is so in depth um, that you pay more money for that. So, yeah. Well, you can see I have a question already. <laughs> and I guess there's no one answer. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> My question is, if you're doing, if you go to someone and say, I need a developmental or a substantial edit, substantive edit, uh, do I allow one week, one month? How, what's my timeline go along with that? Yeah, I would, I would probably allow for up to a month. Um, huh? It depends on, um, the person, the editor, and it depends on how much other work they've got and when they can get to it and how fast they read and all that stuff. Well, and I'm, I'm sure it's also how far along your book is. If, you, if you're giving them a rough outline, then it's right different from if you're giving them an 80,000 word manuscript. Right. Yeah, okay. So there's no, there's no single answer. But, but, but a developmental editor is going to be prepared for all kinds of possibilities. When I go to someone and say, help me, uh, it's not as though I have to 
meet a, a criterion before they'll even talk to me? Um, no, you shouldn't have to. Most okay. most editors will not. They'll they'll be happy to work with you wherever you are. Okay. All right. That's good. Okay. And then, of course, there's the copy editing. Um, now you say, of course, there's the copy editing. Like, oh. that's just that we know. Yes, of course, there's the copy editing. Um, <laughs> that sort of editing doesn't necessarily look so much at the big picture of your writing craft as it does at the minutia of your writing, your grammar and your sentence structure and the flow of your writing and making sure that things make sense and are easily understood. Um, they'll also look at things like unnecessary, redundant or repetitive words. They'll check for POV consistency, for passive oh. voice, for garbage words. Um, they'll check to make sure that if your hero has blonde hair at the beginning of the book, it's still blonde by the end. So this is, this is I can think of copy editing as continuity, like in the movies. Yeah. Okay, but it seems to be more than that, though. It's not just continuity. There's a lot well, going on. Well, because it also handles all the grammar. Um, is a big issue for a lot of people. Absolutely. And I feel like, I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like I, my grammar is acceptable. But I know I know a lot of people who, who have that insecurity about their grammar. Maybe I'm not doing it as, I'm not saying this properly. So, Copy editing is a bigger is a that's a big deal. It is, and no book should be published without going for copy editing first. Well, would you say that also about a developmental edit too? No, because um, if you have an author who is experienced or and has really studied the craft for a while, they probably don't need developmental editing. I see. I see. They've okay. already got all that stuff down. Okay, good. Developmental editing, optional. Right. Copy editing, absolutely required. Yes, essential. Um, and copy editing is less expensive. So um, while developmental editing can cost four to seven or even eight dollars a page, um, and a page is the standard industry, 250 words per page, one inch margins, so and so forth. Um, you know I'm laughing because that was my plan, you know, when you said like, well, this is how much I charge per page to be a book coach. I'm like, oh, I can cram a lot of words on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Okay, so 250 sorry. words per page is a good rule of thumb. Yes. Because um, I know my, my first book is 84,000 words. So I just pull out a calculator and I can tell how much it would cost. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay, good. Good. Whereas copy, copy editing costs less. It probably costs two to three dollars a page. Okay. This is good rule of thumb to have. And is my is my developmental editor the same person as my copy editor? They can be, yes. Can be the same. You know I'm writing all down. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So they can be the same. Now, what is a line edit? Okay. Line edit is where somebody goes through and corrects your grammar or makes suggestions um, sort of in that line. So if you're in Microsoft Word and they you highlight something and add a comment, that's a line edit. Um, also a line edit is when you put on um, review in Microsoft Word and you actually make changes. 
um, put on track changes and actually make those changes in line in the book itself. And when you say when you make those changes, are you saying like um, who makes those changes, the author or the editor? The editor will make changes in track changes or in comments. And then the author needs to go through those changes and And approve approve them or delete the comment and make the Uh, necessary changes. Okay. Okay. That's good. Yeah, um, but the, the editor should not be actually making any changes that is not in track changes because they shouldn't be rewriting the author's book. Okay. <laughs> Sadly, there are a number of editors who are frustrated authors and they just, they go through and, and they, they essentially want to rewrite your book for you. Well, now that's interesting because that brings up a whole new set of questions. As you're, as you're working with an editor and obviously like with a book coach, this is sort of a give and take and you're hopefully learning as you go. The relationship you develop with an editor could be extremely advantageous or it could get kind of um, like, I don't, I don't want that edit. I don't want to pay two to $3 per page. I mean, at what point do you say this isn't working for me or, or, Oh my God, you're the, you're the queen of edits. I must have you forever. You know I mean? Right. How Uh, far do you go before you say that's it? Okay, so when you hire an editor, most editors will do the first 10, 15 pages free. So you give those 10 to 15 pages, however many it is that they will do for free, to like two, three, four different editors who have come highly recommended by your writing friends. Okay. Okay. And then okay. you take you take those edits that those editors did and compare them. See who missed what. See who caught things that you hadn't even considered and neither did anybody else. See if they try to rewrite your prose. You know, evaluate what they do and see how comfortable you are with their work. That's clever. Shop around. Shop around, baby. Absolutely. And when you find somebody who you work well with, who gets your writing, who understands what you're doing and will make appropriate suggestions, hold on to that person and never, ever, ever, ever let them go. Honestly, I have an editor who I have worked with for probably, oh, 10 books or more. And I love her. I love her with all my heart. She is the greatest editor. She gets me. She knows my genre. She writes in my genre. And so I don't ever worry about her rewriting my book, but she always catches things and Um, she even, because I write historical and she writes in the same time period, she also catches anachronisms that I might accidentally put in. That's awesome. Yeah. She catches, um, you know, if I put in the word, okay, uh -uh, it didn't exist in the early 19th century and she'll catch that. (laughs) That's interesting. Well, okay. Let's, uh, let's boost the value of the writer's block party podcast. What's the name of that editor? She works, she's called 
Her name is Chris Hall, and her company is The Editing Hall. So if you go to the editing, theeditinghall.com, you will find her. There you go. The and Editing she, Hall. And she is just wonderful. Show notes, show notes. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll put um, it in the show notes. And um, the editor that I am using is uh, Angela James, mm-hmm. uh, who has, I swear, made me a better writer. And well, that's she's, a good editor, Will. Well, but she's, you and I are at very different stages of what kind of edits we need. <laughs> so um, Angela James is at AngelaJames.co, not .com. Okay. .co actually is like for the country of Columbia, but she snapped in there and got AngelaJames.co. And she's awesome. Donuts too. Um, when you use um, Chris Hall, you're not using her for developmental edits. You're past that point. Yes. You're using her for copy edits. Yes. Okay. Because you you don't need, you don't really need developmental or substantive edits at this point. No. Okay. Do you consider line edits part of copy editing? Yes. And uh, where do you put proofreading in this plan? Proofreading is the last stage just before you publish. So a proofreader will check your grammar and your punctuation and check for typos and missing words. They will make sure that your book looks professional, really. Or that it reads professionally. Yeah, it reads professionally. Okay, so it reads professionally from the proofreader. Would you use your, would you use Chris Hall to do your proofreading? No, because she, when Chris edits my book, she reads it through twice. She does two run-throughs. So by that time, she will no longer see any mistaken word, any misplaced words or, or typos or whatever. If she didn't catch it those two times, she won't catch it the third time through. She, her eyes will just glaze it, go right over it. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, first of all, I want to know who your proofreader is then. And secondly, tell me why she reads through it twice. Oh, she reads through it the first time and gives me most of the the substantial edits and then she reads through it a second time to check what I've corrected and make sure that it's right and what she meant and if I have any questions for her and I'll throw that in there in the comments um and you know sometimes she'll say what did you mean by this or why did he say that and I'll answer her and she'll say in after going through the second time, she'll say, well, why didn't you put that in there? Uh, that's not, <laughs> uh, okay. So when you say copy editing, it's not a single, it's not, she works on it for three weeks and then it's done. Mm-mm. You have, you have, you, you sort of establish a dialogue. Yeah, absolutely. In comments. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for copy editing, and I'm, I'm skipping over development editing, even though that's what I'm doing with Angela, thank God. For, but for copy editing, you send it to Chris. She reviews it and makes her comments. It comes back to you. You see her comments. You either make the changes or you reply to her comments. Mm-hmm. It goes back to her again. At this point, your manuscript must look like it's been through a bloodbath. It must be very hard to actually read. 
She goes through it a second time, ships it back to you when you make the final choices as the author. And then it goes to proofreading. Yes. At what point does do beta readers come into this procession? Mm-hmm. Um, that is up to the author. I will, I will sometimes send out my book to my beta readers before it goes or at the same time as it goes out to my editor. You and, would. And no, the editors may catch things. Yes, exactly. So it's up to you. And I will tell my beta readers that it has not yet been edited. So please excuse any grammatical mistakes, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of people don't. They'll send it between the copy editor and the proofreader. Oh, they send it be- before the proof. It's beta reader can go before proofreader. Yes, because the beta reader um, will probably catch things or ask you to change, may ask you to change something, or after reading the beta reader's comments, you might want to change something. And, and I want that proofed. You want it proofed. Proofreading uh, okay. is the last thing you do before you send it to your formatter. Now, um, so just to just review, you, if, if for me, it would first be developmental edit, mm-hmm. and that's general big overview. Right. Then I do the first round of copy editing and the second round of copy editing. Mm-hmm. Then I send it to my beta readers, give them a month to read it. It comes back and I make my changes based on that. Doesn't go back to the copy editor at that point. I'm on my own. You're on your own. And then the fifth stage is proofreading. Right. That's a lot of steps. Is but that's how you make sure that your book is professional and not riddled with errors because reviewers get really, really annoyed with errors that they find in a book. And they (laughs) will give you a one star review saying, This is a piece of crap. No, no, don't say that. Don't say it. I'm going to go through all these steps. I promise. Yeah. When I first started out, I did not know this. And the very first novel that I self-published, I did not get it edited at all. Not at all. Not a lick. Not a glance. Nothing. And I cannot (laughs) tell you how many crappy reviews I got saying this book really needs editing. It has since been to the editor and the proofreader, and but I will never lose those reviews. Wow. So that's pretty fascinating. Um, Did, and I'm sorry to be harping on on this, but the the concept of a bad and negative review after I sent my baby out into the world, it's wounding to my soul. Um, Did did they all harp on the same things? Were were, Were the solutions easy? Do you agree now that it was wrong to not get it edited? I mean, absolutely wrong not to get it edited. Um, But nobody was specific and saying it needed this sort of editing or it's clear it wasn't edited because of X. Nobody said that. They just said it needs editing. Wow. Wow. That's painful. But I didn't know any better, which is why I am on a mission to make sure that everybody knows (laughs) to get their books edited. Thank you. Thank you for guiding me on that particular path. Okay. Um, All right. What's the next, what's the next 
what do I need to know now? What's next? Oh, um, and with proofreading, so okay. the proofreader will will read and um, check your grammar and your punctuation and check for typos. And what they will charge you is about a dollar a page. This is very useful. Hang on. Where's my proofreader section? Okay, dollar a page. A dollar a page. They cost the least amount. There are a number of proofreaders who I have used. The one that just pops to the top of my head is iproofreadandmore.com. <laughs> They're very What's good. Uh, I think they also do regular editing, but I've only used them for proofreading. Okay. They're very, very good. Okay. That's good. How much time would you allow for proofreading? A couple of weeks. How long are your books, roughly? 70 to 75,000 words. Okay. I tend to write short. And actually, that's that's about as long as my books get, if I'm lucky. <laughs> that's the number one thing. When I send a book off to Chris to edit, I say I always say, and she always knows, look for where I can make this longer. <laughs> oh, is that, is that right? <laughs> is that just for reasons of substance? How long is how long should a book be? I mean, is there an answer to that? No, there isn't. I mean, 60 to 80,000 words is perfectly fine. If you're writing fantasy, 100,000 words is perfectly fine. I happen to write very succinctly and my books tend to be short and I I stretch them out and, and do all that I can to make them longer and inevitably they end up too short. <laughs> but there's no too short. There, I mean, there really isn't too short. That's not a thing. Well, there is. I mean, I just finished writing my Christmas novella that I'm going to be publishing. And I really wanted it to be a novella, which is 25 to 40,000 words. I just barely scraped past the 20,000 word mark. Oh, is that right? (laughs) Well, what you do, we're veering off editing, but uh, like the subject of subplots has come up in various conversations I've had with people. And the idea of including a subplot kind of blows my mind. I don't, I can barely juggle with the two balls. I can't add a third ball yet. So will you leave it at 20,000? Yeah, I will. Good for you, because that's as long as it needs to be. Because that's as long as it needs to be. And it's just a Christmas novella. It's just light and fun and fluffy. And, you know, my people sleep in a manger and are woken up by three wise men and a baby is born on Christmas morning and all that stuff. (laughs) That's cute. I love it. That's awesome. (laughs) Okay. So, um, you know, when we first mentioned editing, you said we would need two sessions on it. Yes. So what is left? Because I feel like I've got a good background on developmental copy editing and proofreading. Mm-hmm. So what am I, what, what's your in-depth that you were thinking of? Or do we not want to anticipate? What's missing in this, in this layout here? is your editing. Because after you write a book, you should self-edit before you send it off anywhere. Yeah, we're going to do maybe, Except maybe your developmental editor. But even then, you need to edit your own work. And I have an entire 
PowerPoint. I have a seminar that I have given on this topic a number of times because everybody wants to know, how do I edit my own work? Yeah, I want to know. And so that is the very long topic that we can cover next week. And so we shall. And so we shall, indeed. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I want to... I want to know that now, damn it. Um, I have my first book is currently with the copy editor. So I've never been through that process. I'm very interested. Angela has done me the developmental edit and I, and I, and we went back and forth a couple of times and now it's with the copy editor and Angela's second book. Uh, I used a, a woman named Isabel Ngo, N-G-O, mm. who's with something called um, Tessara, Tessara. Okay. I will, I'll find out for you. Yeah, needs to go in the show notes. Needs to go in the show notes. And then when that's done, I'm going to send it to the proofreader who works for the same company, and her name is Larissa Pienkowski. Okay. Um, but what's interesting for me now is that Angela actually has my second novel. She's got Dash and the Moon Glow Mystic, and it's supposed to come back sometime this week. And I'm very anxious to see if I learned enough in the first round to have 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 made the if if the what I learned in Sin and the Peanut Butter Cup was I learned my lessons well enough so that the review that she gives me on Dash and the Moon Glow Mystic is different or if I'm making the same mistakes over again. Right. Yeah. Excellent, excellent questions. It'll be really interesting to see. Um, I know that with my own writing, there were some things that I just, I kept getting wrong. And it took me a number of books to really work on it and get it right. And even still, when I go through and do my self-editing, there are certain takes that I know my writing has that I know to look for. Well, that's interesting. The one that the one that I'm working on, of course, for me is deep POV. I have a very time with deep POV, and I'm ever since you explained that deep POV is a relatively modern um, advancement. Uh, I've been thinking about all these books that I read. I just went back. I'm rereading Stephen King's The Stand. My sister said, what was the name of the guy who did thus and such? Like, I don't know. So now I've picked up The Stand, which is, right? It's like four inches. It's a very Oh, my book. goodness. <laughs> and I'm just sucked into it again. But it was written in 1980 or something. And I'm looking at the way he wrote back then versus the way he writes now. And the evolution in deep POV and head hopping and points of view, it's really fascinating to me oh, nice. that now I'm beginning to perceive things. And, and every childhood book I read and loved was all shallow POV or omniscient POV. So I think that this editorial process is exposing some big old caverns of ignorance in me that I never knew were there. So I think coughing up the price for a really, really good editor at my stage, a developmental editor, a substantive editor, coughing up the money for that, I think is like paying for a college education. I think yes. it's an investment that I'm making. Yes, absolutely. And I asked for James, she ain't cheap, baby. She, she cost me some money. But I think of it as that tuition. I think of it as a college tuition. Mm -hmm. 
So I'll, I'll see how well I did in my freshman year when she gives me my grades for my sophomore year. <laughs> how it goes. Um, Isabel Ngo um, works with Tessera Editorial, T-E-S-S-E-R-A, which is how I found her. Okay. Uh, and she and came recommended? Uh, came recommended from Angela, who said, uh, I've heard good things about these people. Excellent. So, those are the first people that I go to. when I, All my experts, you rank high among them. What do I do? What do I do? Quick, help me. What do I do? <laughs> Mary, Mary, if you don't know. Angela, Angela, Mindy, Mindy. I've got, I've got people who are very tired of me perpetually asking questions. So I thank you personally for your patience. I really do. <laughs> All right. So can we assume that next podcast, we're going to go through your PowerPoint of how to self-edit? Yes, exactly. And is that, um, is that because it's a PowerPoint, do we want to make that one into a video podcast? We could see it or is that we yeah, could, we could do that. Or I could just put the, the PowerPoint up on the website. Yes. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. I can actually convert it into a PDF, which would be easier. Okay. That would be, that's excellent. That's excellent. That's good. I do want, we are going to have one video podcast when I actually go to physically publish which is, did I tell you, it's January 12th is my, is my that's, day. That's the day. Yeah, exciting. The day. I know it is exciting. So I'm a little, I'm a little heartburny over it. I got a little bit of, whoop. Um, but okay. Uh, and, but January 12th, I think is a Tuesday. I'm looking now because we, you, you and I, we post this on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. January. Mm-hmm. It's a Tuesday. So, um, Never mind. We'll just record it on Tuesday and post it on Friday. And, and the whole world will have to wonder what happened in those intervening three days. It'll be so exciting. We'll build suspense among the one person who cares, which is to say me. Uh, okay. So we have our plan for next week. Yes, we do. And we've done a good review of editing this week. Indeed. So really all that's left to be said is uh the writer's block party podcast can be found everywhere now everywhere where was the new one that you put us on you put us on somewhere new um i heart radio i heart i heart radio (laughs) i heart radio now has the writer's block party podcast that's freaking awesome so yes we're on a treadmill or doing your laundry or driving in the car you can find us everywhere everywhere we're like we're like beetles we can be found everywhere around the world (laughs) and when you're on our podcast we would very much like it if you dear listener would write a question send us a question or uh, make a comment or in other ways indicate uh, proof of life (laughs) or rate rate us rate us yes on um, apple yes please let's rate and uh, all this good information will be in the show notes. Indeed. And I think you have said it all, Prue. Excellent. Excellent. Maybe it'll shut me up. <laughs> all right. Thank you, listeners. I'm Prue Warren. And I'm Meredith Bond. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. That's it. 
for the writer's block party this week, we don't want you getting so drunk on knowledge that you can't drive your laptop safely. But next week we'll be here before you know it, so check out the website at thewritersblockpartypodcast.com. One word. That's where you can find our archive of past podcasts and a place where you can get in touch with Mary and Prue or ask questions for the next podcast. Write with joy, friends, and see you next week. Thank <laughs> you.